Hello, and welcome to Bruce World, How I See Things. If you haven't guessed it, I'm Bruce, Bruce Handler. And with each episode, I plan to discuss a thought-provoking topic and, of course, share my point of view. To talk about humans and the interesting things we do, maybe teach you a thing or two, share some facts that are really true, and make you laugh at least once before I'm through. Hello, and welcome to episode five of my podcast entitled All Twisted Up, a topic that just might blow you away. Now, although the classic board game of Twister can still be a lot of fun to play at any age, I'm not here today to talk about that entangling game, even though it does come with a spinner that requires you to give it a whirl. And I'm not here to talk about the now defunct heavy metal band, Twisted Sister, or about twisted people, like Trump. Okay, I know I promised myself to stop talking about him, but sometimes if the shoe fits, I just can't help myself. Oh, and I'm not here to talk about phrases that are really difficult to pronounce, a.k.a. tongue twisters, like Peter Piper and his pickled peppers. Nor am I here to talk about being angry, agitated, or upset, and becoming twisted, as in being bent out of shape. What I am here to talk about today is this. Now, based on that little sound effect, if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm here to discuss one of my absolute favorite areas of interest, twisters, as in cyclones on land, as in tornadoes. Now, assuming you might not love tornadoes quite as much as I do, I promise you this episode will not be a total snooze fest. So please, don't spin out on me. All I ask is that you give this brief episode a whirl and enjoy the twists that I put on this topic. And next time you see your friends or family in person or via Skype, Zoom, etc., and the conversation starts to get boring, you can say, hey, did you know? And then share some super cool and simply amazing facts about tornadoes that are sure to liven any conversation that may just blow people away. (laughs) Now for some quick history about me related to this topic, and I do have to start out by saying it's very surprising that over the years I've become so captivated with severe storms, booming sounds of thunder, bursting flashes of lightning, and of course, tornadoes. Since for the most part of my childhood, I was actually quite terrified of the dark and loud noises, and nothing freaked me out more than big storms that happen at night. When I would hear it begin to rain, I would run to turn on all the lights on our main floor, and I would run to the front window of our townhouse to see how hard it was coming down and to listen for how windy it was outside. And right after seeing that first flash of lightning 
and then hearing that first boom of thunder. When this was happening, I would keep asking my parents how close the thunder and lightning was to the house, and when would the storm be over, and were we safe from the storm? You see, I had this belief at an early age that thunderstorms could blow people's houses away. And no, it has nothing to do with the movie The Wizard of Oz, because I never watched it as a kid. Now, somehow over the years, I managed to lose my fear of the dark. And when I was in my 20s, I moved into a high-rise building in downtown Chicago overlooking Lake Michigan. And that's when my fascination with storms really began. I lived on the, I don't know, 22nd, 3rd, 24th floor, can't quite remember. Um, But my apartment faced Lake Michigan. And I would watch the storms in the distance as they approached the city and as they grew stronger and stronger. And I was amazed at the fireworks show from all the flashes of lightning. So being up that high and having a totally unobstructed view, it actually made me feel as if I was literally inside the storm. And then I could almost touch the dark, menacing clouds which was like a moving canvas of living art. So you're probably thinking my favorite movie is Twister. And that is how my interest in tornadoes was really spawned, right? Well, the answer is no. Side note, did you know that Twister came out in 1996? That's like an entire generation ago. Now, although it's one of my very favorite movies, and I just watched it again recently with my wife, and I might have seen it more times than I can count, but who's counting? And I even hear they're working on a remake. Yes! (laughs) My real interest in tornadoes only developed about a year or so ago when I happened to see a cool-looking tornado thumbnail on YouTube. And I hit play out of curiosity and could not take my eyes off the screen. It was one of those mega tornadoes to hit Moore, Oklahoma, a place that's seen its share of devastating tornadoes over the years, and a place I do not suggest you choose to live, because they've had five massive tornadoes in 16 years, with the most recent being in 2015. My jaw kept dropping just seeing the massive size of the tornado in the YouTube video and how it just was able to chew up the earth. And then there were these intense booming sounds as the tornado progressed forward through highly populated areas, ripping buildings off their foundations and into shreds, throwing cars and even trucks hundreds of yards into the air, And it destroyed over 1,000 buildings and damaged another 1,200. And sadly, 24 people lost their lives that day. Although that's a relatively low number, given the strength of the tornado. But the advanced warnings on the news and tornado sirens saved numerous lives. It was like it just came out of nowhere. 
significantly changing its speed and the level of force of its wind strength, and at times seemed like it might just die out before doing extensive damage. But that was not to be, and the rest is tornado history for more and for me. And you know what? Maybe I'm just a little twisted since I've become so fascinated by tornadoes in recent years that I can't stop watching tornado videos on YouTube, and it would be hard to find an interesting, noteworthy, or otherwise well-known tornado video that I haven't seen. And any tornado videos by Picos Hank are usually masterfully filmed. He's also famous for having a tornado literally appear out of nowhere and start to build fairly close to his car. And yes, he was in it. And thankfully, it only did a little damage to surrounding buildings, and it didn't last very long. But then it left behind this amazingly beautiful rainbow. If you're a storm chaser, that's called being in the perfect place at the perfect time. Now, because I watch them so often, as in at least a number of times a day, my wife has gotten into the habit of asking me when she sees me staring at my computer if I'm watching another, as she calls it, tornado porn video. Now, I'm not quite sure how she came up with that phrase, nor is she, but it makes us chuckle every time she says it. Although, ironically, it's not entirely a joke, since, believe it or not, prior to 1950, the word tornado was actually considered a very dirty word. The National Weather Service would not allow forecasters to use the T word because they were not good at predicting tornadoes due to the lack of technology at the time and were worried that it would cause people to often panic unnecessarily. But thankfully, the numbskulls at the Weather Service who came up with that idea changed their minds so people could take severe weather more seriously and do things to prepare for what might be coming their way, even if it was highly unlikely, it would be a tornado. Now back in the day, since forecasters didn't have the equipment to know if a tornado was forming and headed your way until it actually touched down and someone saw it, for years, weather forecasters then had to rely on thousands of people across the country to volunteer to become weather spotters, which thousands upon thousands of people eagerly did. And it was their job to watch for storms to see if conditions were right for a tornado or if a tornado actually formed. And then they would alert the appropriate local authorities to get tornado warnings to the public, mainly through the use of tornado sirens. Well, weather forecasting has come a long, long way since then. Even though there are still a decent number of weather spotters that help to report sightings of tornadoes, there are now over 150 Doppler radar systems across the United States. And on average, weather forecasters can give people at least 13 minutes of warning before a tornado hits their area. Now still, that's not a lot of time. And there's a lot of opportunity for advancements in this area, but it's incredibly complicated to predict exactly when a tornado is going to form. On the other hand, the existing weather technology is so sophisticated that it can predict sometimes days in advance the likelihood of a tornado hitting certain parts of the country. Side note, 
A tornado watch means conditions exist that may lead to the forming of a tornado. So no need to panic yet when there's just a watch. A warning, on the other hand, is something to take very seriously because it means a tornado has been spotted. And you should head for the hills and make sure your will is up to date. So I hope you're keeping track of these facts so you'll do well on the quiz later. Now back to Bruce for a brief moment. So it's one thing to watch tornado videos, but to fulfill my dream, to check off one of the big items on my bucket list, I plan on taking a trip to Tornado Alley. More on that in a moment. To go on one of those tornado chaser tours. Because I want to see and experience a megastorm developing right before my eyes. To first see the forming of the amazing cumulonimbus clouds. Try saying that fast three times in a row. That then hopefully turn into a supercell, a rotating mesocyclone, which then, if I'm truly lucky, will turn into a tornado. And hopefully more than just a teensy one, and one that lasts more than just a few minutes. Note, I have absolutely no plans to get too close to a tornado if we happen to spot one so as to avoid getting sucked up into it and ending up in the land of Oz. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. And now for some quite interesting and fun facts about tornadoes. Now here's a true or false question for you. See, you have a 50-50 chance of getting the answer right, right? The question is, has there been at least one tornado in every state? The answer is yes. So that tells you there's no escaping them entirely, no matter where in the country you reside, including Hawaii or Alaska or the itsy-bitsy state of Rhode Island. However, about a third of the tornadoes do occur in the infamous Tornado Alley. And Tornado Alley is a big place, and for the most part, it includes Texas, which has the most tornadoes, Oklahoma, Kansas, which has the second most, Nebraska, South Dakota, and parts of Colorado. Although, believe it or not, the third most common place for tornadoes to occur is Florida. So it's not just fun in the sun living there. You can also get more spun up than you would like. There are other southern states that also get their fair share of tornadoes, but it's no surprise they pop up in so many places given that there are, believe it or not, 1,200 or so tornadoes that occur every year, making the U.S. the country with the greatest number of tornadoes in the world. Not exactly something you want to be number one in. When you think about tornadoes, as I'm sure you often do, you likely think of them as mainly being shaped like a big cone or funnel known as a stovepipe, like the kind in The Wizard of Oz and the movie Twister. But tornadoes come in a variety of shapes and sizes with one of the most dangerous being the wedge tornado, not to be confused with a wedge of tomato. A wedge tornado is one that is as wide as it is tall. Then there's the coolest of cool, the multi-vortex tornado, which is made up of multiple tornadoes that are either revolving around it or they're inside of it. And those are highly, highly dangerous. Then there's the rope which is the thinnest of all tornadoes. And it often occurs as a tornado starts to dissipate and disappear. And they call that roping out. Now we'll get into the can you believe it or not category of facts regarding tornadoes because they could be rather mind-boggling. 
Okay. I just did that to make sure I hadn't lost you, that you hadn't dozed off to sleep, because we're getting close to the end of this episode. So hold tight for just a little longer. So, Bruce, what is the widest tornado that ever existed? And this is one of the most amazing facts that I've ever come across. Can you believe that the widest tornado was 2.6 miles across? And if I did the math correctly, and I'm not good at math, which is why I work in human resources, that's the equivalent of about 42 football fields stacked end-to-end, or seven and a half buildings long of the tallest building in Chicago, the Willis Tower, which doesn't even seem possible, but it's true. So, Bruce, what was the most powerful tornado that ever existed when it comes to wind speed? Try 301 miles per hour. And to put that in perspective, that's about double the wind speed of a Category 5 hurricane. And what about the deadliest tornado in the U.S.? Well, it occurred a long time ago, even before I was born, back in 1925, and sadly, almost 700 people died. So not only was it the deadliest, but it holds a variety of tornado records that to me are astounding, because the average tornado usually lasts less than 10 minutes. This tornado is the longest lasting in history, three hours and traveled farther than any other by far. Over 200 miles across three states, including the great state of Illinois, where I reside. It was also one of the largest and fastest, reaching speeds up to 73 miles per hour. By today's standards, it would have been considered an F5, the most powerful of tornadoes. Now, the rating scale for tornadoes is from F0 to F5, and these ratings are based on the amount of damage that the tornado causes, and they're also categorized as well by wind speed, and an F5 means you're dealing with wind speeds over 200 miles an hour. Now, thankfully, we only average about one F5 tornado in the U.S. each year. And to put their power into perspective, unless you have a basement or storm shelter, you are not likely to survive an F5 tornado if your home were to take a direct hit. All that would be left is a concrete foundation. The destruction from an F5 is comparable to looking like a war zone after several bombs have been dropped. The Joplin, Missouri tornado of 2011 was the most destructive tornado in history, causing an astounding amount of damage to the tune of almost $3 billion. And it occurred just one month after the U.S. recorded an insane number of tornadoes over a two-day period, 175. Now, thankfully, most tornadoes are only in F0 or F1, which can do a little bit of damage to buildings, but are usually not life-threatening. And most tornadoes, thankfully, do not hit populated areas. However, tornadoes have hit populated areas over the years. And don't think that because you live in or near a big city, you're safe from tornadoes. Because they can pop up anywhere. One of the strongest tornadoes in history occurred just 40 miles from the city of Chicago in a town called Plainfield. And Chicago, believe it or not, has experienced some tornadoes as well. Now, do I worry about a tornado hitting my home? Since the closest a tornado has ever gotten to my town is eight and a half miles, and that was about 60 years ago. Now, although my house is all brick, and it was built only about 12 years ago, 
It has no basement. No safe place to hide. Because when you have no basement, the safest place is to be in an inner room on the lowest floor and to put as many walls between you and the outside. Lucky me, I do have a bathroom on the first floor. That would normally be a good place to duck and cover. But there's this huge shower stall in that room with a wall of glass. Not the smartest place to hang out during a tornado. Now, a little factoid that I have to share, because most people don't know about it, is if a tornado is coming your way and you have a bicycle, ski, skateboard, or motorcycle helmet, you may look silly. Put it on to protect your head. Many people die in tornadoes from head trauma. Now, how can I talk about tornadoes and not talk about the crazier, twisted people who do one of two insane things? First, there are those who are a few cards short of a full deck, who are just so in need to be able to post something on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, etc., that they'll continue to film tornadoes from in front of their homes or through a window, even though they're headed right towards them, only to then not have time to seek shelter. And yes, people have been severely injured doing this, and others have actually died. This is when I think of the Forrest Gump quote, stupid is as stupid does. Then there's the breed of storm chaser who over the years has been pushing their luck, getting closer and closer to tornadoes, which are unpredictable and their direction can shift on a dime. They can go from standing absolutely still to flying at a speed of over 70 miles an hour. And a lot of chasers are often driving on wet dirt roads and would be hard-pressed to gather enough speed to outrun that 70-mile-an-hour tornado. And as a result, people have experienced severe injuries, and this has also resulted in some deaths. Now, there's one person who's a bit crazy, Reed Timmer, and that he and his team will try to intercept, as in get in the path of a tornado, but not really the dangerous ones. And they have a special vehicle that's super heavy, it's covered in thick metal, bulletproof glass, and can insert spikes into the ground. It's been able to withstand the force of every tornado that it's ever intercepted with minimal damage. Why are they doing this? Because they're on a quest to gather unique tornado data that no one else has been able to get. And they already have had some great successes. The last thing I want to say on this subject is I do have three weather apps and a weather alert system in my home. So I think I'm good to go when severe weather is headed my way. And because I don't have a safe place at home to hide, my goal would be to get in my car and hightail it in the opposite direction of any tornado headed to my town. Of course, I would take my wife, Mary, and my dog, Pippi. Well, I think I've spun out of words and facts on this topic, and I also think this topic is beginning to rope out. I hope you'll remember some of the interesting things I've shared and pass along some tornado trivia when you have the chance. And maybe I've motivated you to learn a little more about tornadoes or to watch a YouTube video or two. But most of all, I hope that I haven't bored the bejeebies out of you <laughs> and that you'll be motivated to listen in on my next podcast, in which I promise I will not include any tornado-related sound effects like this one. So thanks for stopping by, and thanks for listening, if you're still awake. 
I hope you were entertained, maybe learned something new, smiled a time or two, and here's to having at least an okay day. And if you don't, that you have what it takes to make it through. This is Bruce from Bruce World, The Way I See Things, and I hope you'll join me for my next episode. <laughs>